a Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of This Is Wrestling. I am your host, Roy Turner. We're going to do a special tribute today. Unfortunately, we lost uh, a significant member in our wrestling uh, family and community uh, by the name of Scott Hall. Of course, you know, Razor Ramon. Uh, he was a big legend, of course, in the 90s and has come to so much prominence Um and has been so influential, and you'll you see his kind of mark pretty much everywhere. And it's one of those for unforgettable characters that when you think of wrestling, you kind of point to to you know. There's so many great superstars, but there's you know like, like this handful of people like when you think of, and he he's he's part of that class. Uh, so what I want to to attempt to do, I was going to try to like do what I normally do. Normally, when these things happen. Like on on our main show on the uh, the music show, I usually wait. Like everyone's gonna be doing tributes and everything else. I don't want to compete with that. I don't want you to have uh, fatigue over it. I want it to have the time that it. But this week it just it just happened to present itself. And normally also what a reason why also I wait because I want to get like two or three special guests and. And, you know, different experts and just make it this big, big deal. And I'm not saying that it, it, it doesn't deserve it. I'm, and I'm not saying that, of course, obviously, that Scott Hall doesn't deserve it. But I just thought, I thought you know what, I want to go ahead and do this. I want to go ahead and do it this week. Um, today, of course, is uh, is Wednesday, March 16th. Uh, and Scott passed away just about an hour before Raw went on the air uh, on Monday. Uh, the third, uh, excuse me, uh, <clears throat> on Monday the fourteenth, uh, at about six o'clock, and so they had a very very short amount of time. Of course, when the show opened, they did the you know the in, in memory of, and, and and of course towards the mid show they got it together to put together a package. I think what was pretty uh, significant though, also in that broadcast, was that you see the impact that he has. When the announcers were forced to, not forced, but you know what I mean, like they're, they're, they had the unenviable task of, of, of making this announcement to the audience. And you can see Corey Graves, normally tough guy, punk rock guy with the tattoos and the leather uh, and dating the hot babe and all that. And actually now, uh, fiance about to get married. They have their own little reality show coming out, him and uh, Carmella. Uh, you can see him visibly emotional and literally breaking down before he has to announce this. And a lot of people may not know this because it's you know it's a one of those those fun uh, uh, nerdy little facts, but kind of a bit of a full circle moment. Also, not only was Corey uh, mentored and uh, very much influenced by Scott Hall. 
But Scott Hall's very first WWE match was with Paul Van Dale, which which is Carmella's dad. So that's a fun little little, little fact there for you uh, that I thought you guys would enjoy. So that's what we're gonna do, uh, you know. And here's also where where it came from was that you know obviously we're we, we're gonna do a show this week, and I was trying to explain to my wife who like Scott Hall was like I mean like obviously something like like when this happens this is an earthquake in my world in my life and obviously my wife is in my 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 personal life but in my professional life this is a this is something that she doesn't know she wouldn't know anything about and uh, has no interest in wrestling so but there is a there is a poster here in my office that she's seen that I used as a reference and I found myself explaining to her who Scott Hall was. And at the end, she said, you know what? You should have recorded that because that was beautiful and poetic and, and really inter- not, not just entertaining, but, you know, just it was just a, a wonderful thing that I think for you to share. And I was like, golly, you know what? I, I, I really should have. So this is my attempt to recreate that. And that's why I didn't want to wait a month or a year or six months and try to book guests and stuff. So I'm just going to, the show's always been about a people's history. So you can read all about Scott Hall's, you know, accomplishments and things like that and, and his his career. You can you can do that on your own. What you can't do is you, you can't find out my experience on your own. So that's why I think that's the value here. And I feel like I've got something pretty cool to share. So that's what we're going to do. And before we get into it, uh, of course, I want to uh, obviously remind you, man, your boy is returning to ringside uh, for Texas-style wrestling. Uh, you know, WrestleMania is coming to Dallas. And the night before, on April the 1st, at the TSW Studios in Addison, Texas, uh, you can't believe this lineup, and it's going to sell out. So make sure you get your ticket to TSWplus.com. Mariah Mayfield, as you know, our guest last week, is making her freaking Texas wrestling debut. One of her first wrestling matches in the United States, if not the very first. I think she has something in Philadelphia beforehand, maybe the week before. Uh, but regardless, this will be her Texas debut, and we're so excited to have her. She's facing Palo Mayfield, Palo Blaze, you know her. Uh, so get involved with this. Go to TSWplus.com now and get your tickets because it will sell out. That's, that might be the match of the entire weekend, including WrestleMania. Um, okay. So uh, we'll be right back, uh, and we're going to get into this thing, uh, and we're going to pay tribute uh, to Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Tickets are on sale now for Texas Style Wrestling's Unfoolish Business, live Friday, April 1st from the fabulous TSW Plus Studios in Addison, Texas. Come be a part of the action and enjoy a -a one-of-a-kind wrestling experience that you won't find anywhere else. Special group discounts are available. For ticket information, please visit TSWplus.com. Okay, so here we are. So here's how I was trying to explain who Scott Hall was to my wife. Because in my office here, there is a poster for a movie poster that's actually signed uh, by all three people on the poster. Um, here's the deal. So Diamond Dallas Page, uh, he, and this is where I also, I uh, defaulted to my wife because she's very interested in fitness and yoga. And of course, D- Diamond Dallas Page has had a second act as a bit of a yoga guru with his DDP yoga. So anyway, so he uh, made a, a movie called the, the Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. You guys know this. 
And as I was, and so I'm just going to try to explain to you. So anyway, so she's seen that poster and, you know, and on the poster there is Jake, you know, being resurrected and he's on, he's holding the snake. He's on top of this ladder. Well, this the symbolism of course of the ladder and also on the ladder is Scott Hall because while he was rehabilitating Jake Roberts, at that same moment, uh, Scott Hall was in distress and people reached out to Dallas as being kind of a, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, is a somebody that, that, you know, can be, could, could have been helpful. And he was, and he did, and he brought him along. So it kind of became the resurrection of not just Jake Roberts, but also Scott Hall. And you see Scott Hall on uh, the ladder. And of course, the reason why the significance of the ladder is not only just for growth and climbing and getting better and being resurrected, but Scott Hall was the innovator uh, by being in the very, very first ever ladder match. Uh, of course, you know, for the ladder match he had with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10. Uh oh, here we go. You talk about the bad guys. Take a look at him. Here he comes now. Continental champion. This, and this is back when the Intercontinental belt, you know, really had prestige and really meant something, almost as much as the, you know, the, the WWF heavyweight belt. It really had significance uh, around this time. Uh, and the match uh, not only was critically acclaimed, but it was voted match of the year uh, in 1994 by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So, so that's you know the significance of that. You know, obviously with with the ladder and all that. Okay, so let me start from the beginning here. What I should do is I should bring her in here and have her sit here because I'm I'm finding myself talking alone in my in my. Okay, so here we go. So this is the people's history. So I in 2015. Here's something I should tell you first: is that Diamond Dallas. A lot of people don't know this, but Diamond Dallas Page is directly responsible for my success and my career as a podcaster. He's one of the most influential and just inspiring people ever that I've ever met and oddly Scott Hall is kind of indirectly uh responsible in a way but this is this is a story I wanted to tell and that's kind of what this is about so in 2015 or was it 14 hang on yes forgive me it was 2015 I traveled to the Sundance Film Festival for about for the very first time actually the only time I've ever done it 
I do a DJ residency at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas twice a year, and it's usually around concurrently around the AVN uh, Expo and Awards. That's a whole other crazy-ass story, because I was doing the residency before, and it was always seemed to be like, and then I would go on to the NAM convention, and I always wanted to go on and do go over to Slam Dance, I'm sorry, to Sundance, but I always had to be in Anaheim, California for the NAM convention. Well, life changed, things changed. And what was funny was, was every time I would leave, like, or like, like my, my last day in Vegas was always seemed to be the first day that the AVN people were sitting in. Of course, AVN is for the, you know, for the adult industry, the adult video network award, basically, basically the uh, Star Trek convention for porn. And so as I'm like wrapping up, I'm seeing these insanely gorgeous women across the casino. And obviously that's going to get my attention. Like what's going on over there? And and then I found out and then, I don't know, just one year, it was like my first day was their first day. And then they ended up meeting a DJ and and it created this great relationship. And I've thoroughly have enjoyed uh, my, my time Um you know, learning about that industry and getting to meet a bunch of great people so much so that it, it spawned a, a an entire new podcast called Tricky Kid Radio After Dark, which I hope that you'll check out. And you can check it out on Twitter and TK After Dark. It's TK After Dark. There's a link there. It's on Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcast. Just type in Tricky Kid Radio After Dark. And we've had everybody uh, from the adult industry uh, in every capacity on that show. And it's, I've had a blast doing it. Okay. So I digress. So anyway, so I was leaving there to go to now, instead of going to Anaheim, I was going to the Sundance Film Festival. Well, the, being the masochist that I am, I learned that concurrently to the Sundance Film Festival, and I'm there in a press capacity, I hope to be there in an artist capacity next year, of course, with our King's X project. And as you guys know, I have an, an, a, a very personal project called Growing Up 80s that I hope you'll check out the teaser now on our YouTube channel at Tricky Kid TV. Okay, enough plugs. So, uh, but yes, but concurrently during the Sundance Film Festival, I learned that there's also an independent film festival called Slam Dance, and they do run concurrently. Well, again, I'm like a poor guy who didn't realize that you have to be a millionaire to stay in Park City. So I had to stay on the on the outskirts and drive literally two hours round trip to come, you know, into the actual city. I, I stayed out in Salt Lake City through these winding mountains, but it was fantastic. And I remember having, uh, even though I'd been out for a couple years, I had Van Halen's new album, uh, A Different Kind of Truth, was just a soundtrack to those drives, and I think about it a lot. Okay. And so literally, I, I get off the plane and immediately get my, my rental car, go to my hotel, and haul ass to the slam dance office, um... Uh, where Miguel, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Nicole Mar- Marquez was, uh, uh, sorry, Maria Marquez, excuse me, sorry, Maria, um, is, was, because they were, before they closed the slam dance office to get my credentials. Now, I had heard about, this is just so crazy how this fell into my lap. I had heard beforehand that there was going to be like this Royal Rumble party, but not like a thing where it's like, hey, wrestling fans publicly uh we're gonna have this royal rumble watching party with a couple of wwe you know wrestling stars that you've heard of pay 20 bucks to get anybody that can pay 20 bucks to get in until 
you know, we fill up can come in and watch it with us, you know, and, you know, and you paid it. You know, this was not that. Like, this was going to be a thing. Like, I don't know how I heard about it because it wasn't supposed to be meant for the public. I guess, I think they might have let maybe like two or three, like maybe contest winners in. And maybe that's how I heard about it. But no, this would have been the equivalent. Think about you and your friends and you and you guys are not celebrities and you're not famous and you have like a Super Bowl party or a, or a Royal Rumble party and, you know, your wife cooks while you, you and the boys, I'm not, that sounds so fucking sexist, but you know what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? It's like, or you're outside grilling and your friends come over and you guys watch the game or watch the Rumble, right? It was that, except it was with... <laughs> you know, with like WWE wrestlers. And this is how the whole thing be became. So I was hauling ass to Melanie. Um, I can't believe I'm getting her fucking name wrong so bad. I'm so sorry, Melanie. So I get to Melanie's, uh, I, get, I get to the office and I'd worked with Melanie before and, and she was about to close up shop. She was all, oh, there you are. And, and, you know, gave me my credentials. And that's when I asked her, I said, hey, I said, what about this Royal Rumble thing that's happening like tonight? You know, thinking like there's no way, you know. And I didn't even really try. She goes, oh, actually, uh, I, we're actually on our way there now. I'm so glad that you mentioned it. Do you want to come with us? Like, can you imagine the luck? What if I hadn't heard about it? What if I didn't say anything? What if I didn't have the, the balls or the tenacity to say anything at all about it? And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I would have just got my my credentials and then I would have just walked down, you know, Main Street there in Park City looking for something to do. The Royal Rumble is my favorite event of the year. This is way before the net. Well, maybe the network was happening at the time. I don't I don't remember. Maybe. I don't know. And. Uh, Let's ask Google. Okay, Google. When did the WWE Network start? February 24th, 2014. So it, 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 it had been out for about a year. So that's probably what I would have done. I probably would have gone to some little restaurant and sat there in, in alone in Park City, Utah, watching the Rumble on my phone. That's probably what would have happened. And you know, it's so funny. I've always have had a history of watching the Rumble because again, again, I'm normally in Vegas. I remember watching it one year at like a at like a at a casino screening, and it was the year that AJ Styles debuted. And uh, uh, since then, I've I've have had some great experiences. The very first year they had the the women's one, I got to watch it in a private, uh, just like this. I'm, I'm describing with with Gail Kim. And on and on and on. And actually was at the one in 2000. In fact, I'm sitting on a chair right now that I sat in in uh, for the Rumble in San Antonio in 2017 with uh, my nephew, Jake. Okay. So. All right. I thought you guys would enjoy this. Okay. So imagine that. Jeez. If I'd gotten there 10 minutes later, you know what I mean? It was just some meant to be kind of shit where I showed up and she goes, oh, great. And I said, hey, what about this? You know, and I didn't say it like, hey, man, I heard it was kind of like, oh, hey, uh, you know, I'm 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 trying to, to get to this party thing. And she goes, oh, great. That's actually where we're headed right now. And she goes, well, she's riding with us, you know, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, cause I mean, there's no way. I mean, I would have had to have worked on this for a long time. I'd been there for 10 minutes. I had, I would have, I'd had to secure an invitation, found out where it was and then get myself there. And it was in this bungalow loft up in the hills in Park City, totally private, totally. 
And on, and on when we're on the way there, she kind of goes, "Hey, you you did get the approval via Kim Dixon, right?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, of course, you know." It's totally full of shit. I hate to say that, and because I love Melanie, I would never want to. But I mean, what was I going to say? Oh no, turn the car around. I, you know, I, I, I didn't know I needed to do that. Um, you know, or just drop me off here. And I'll hitchhike back to fucking Park City. I mean, come on, what would you do? I don't judge me. No. And but the funny thing is, I do know Kim Dixon. I mean, I've known Kim Dixon for years. And uh, so, and I, that's funny too, because if I had known, I would have, I could have done this. I could have just hit up Kim and say, hey, I'm in Park City. And, you know, and it would have been done. So, cause so, so it wasn't, it wasn't entirely weird. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Cause when we walked in, you know, I saw Kim and she was like, hey, you know, so it was cool. But imagine that. Imagine being a lifelong wrestling fan and like pulling up to somebody's house. And going in there for a party and you walk in and I've got, and I posted pictures this week about this because I was talking about it online uh, in my tributes to Scott Hall. Imagine walking in to this gorgeous rented bungalow in the hills of Park City, Utah during the Sundance Film Festival. One of these things you fucking dream about. And there's Scott Hall sitting on the couch. You know, I mean, you know what I mean? This was not formal. This was not behind a table. You didn't have to have a fucking wristband. You didn't have to pay. There wasn't a line. This was just being with your like your friends at a party. And there's Scott Hall on the couch. There's Jake Roberts, his daughter Cody, who I've come to know really well. He's super cool. She's cooking in the kitchen. There's remember Kazarni, who's best friends with Scott, who by the way just got married uh, this week to his awesome. Awesome longtime girlfriend Karen, who is a fellow Faith No More Mike Patton fucking fanatic, just like me, and her and I bonded over that. And uh, and he went by Kazar, and he goes, his name is Sin Bodhi. But congratulations, I want to say right now to Sin and Karen. Congratulations. And I and it was in Vegas, and uh, you know uh, they tore down the um, Hard Rock Hotel. It's now the Virgin. So I didn't do my residency this year, or I would have. Might have been there around the same time, uh, but man, what a what a shindig! Of course, obviously Jake Roberts what was the was the minister uh, who married them. I think Edge Adam Copeland was uh, was his best man. I think, and I know that and his wife Beth Phoenix, of course, were there. And and I hope you guys uh, checked out that we played some of Beth's um, music from her. She actually is a musician as well, and she released a record and. We played uh, some songs from it last week, so that's a lot of information all at once there. But I, I know I'm kind of bombarding you with, but uh, anyway, that, that's what we're that's what we're here to do. We're here to have fun and tell stories. Okay, so imagine that, and there was a few other little wrestlers and 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 people that I, I might not have been that familiar with, uh, but the person that you know that wasn't there was Diamond Dallas Page. And, and if you smart wrestlers out there probably know what I'm getting at. Now, here's what you should know. Obviously, I know who Jake Roberts is. I grew up with Jake Roberts in, in way back in Mid-South in, in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, he was my dad's favorite wrestler. And, you know, he was just so unique in the DDT and all that. And I know he's had some problems since then. I, I, I This have all been very well documented. Now, I knew Scott Hall, of course, as Razor Ramon, which is so interesting because this is where I'm also going to digress, is that my favorite movie ever is Scarface. And even in 1992 as an 18-year-old, but even in like 1984, 
is a 10-year-old. So I'm going to digress just for a second and bore you the hell out of you, but this is why you tune into the show. Okay, little detour here. So way back in the day, like I said, when I was literally like 10 and 11 years old, I'm so old that I remember pre-Blockbuster, pre-video stores. So when a store opened where you could go and rent videos was this was the fucking moon landing okay and i lived in little rock arkansas and i would go after school every single day to this little again because there was no no corporate chain it was like a little mom and pop place i wish i knew that i remember the name of it i don't even know if you even had a name to be honest with you because if it did i probably would have remembered it because i'm that kind of guy who remembers everything well okay <clears throat> so uh, I would go there literally when I say oh, I went there every day. No, I went there every day after school. And back then we were, of course, we were very, very poor. So we didn't have a VCR. So it was kind of a, a big deal, like on a birthday or, you know, maybe like a, a tax time or a, a larger paycheck from my mom because we were living paycheck to paycheck. You actually could rent. I remember this. You could rent. Believe, imagine that. Imagine going to a video store and not only renting the tape, but renting the fucking VCR. And it came in this, like, you know, kind of protected case so you couldn't fuck it up. It was 10 bucks to rent it. That, that seemed like a lot of money. Okay, Google, how much was $10 in 1985? On the website in 2013dollars.com, they say $10 in 1985 is equivalent in purchasing power to about $26. So, yes, about 20. So, that was like $25. So if you went right now, you know, to like a set of these other block, and said, well, you can rent the movie for three or four bucks, but the VCR is 25. I, I, that, that's a commitment. That's a, that's a big deal. And so she would get the, that and get a handful of movies. But I think that now at this point, at some point, I think that we, we had, we always must have had one. I don't know how the fuck we got one, but anyway. And I was obsessed. Of course, this is during the height of John Hughes. And I was obsessed with The Breakfast Club. I was obsessed with... I liked weird science and all that, too. And, it's, and it, you know, he didn't. I'm a, I was a smart kid. And you wouldn't have to be to realize, you know... Like, I probably couldn't have told you, these are all John Hughes movies. Uh, I should also say I'm actually wearing a shirt right now that I just got for my birthday. And shout out to my sister. And I didn't realize that, that it actually has every John Hughes film on it. So, shout out to my sister for that. Man, do I have ADD today or what? This motherfucker drinks coffee or is on cocaine, meth, none of the above. Okay. So anyway, I was obsessed uh, with the John Hughes catalog and, and and Scarface. I don't know how I landed on Scarface. I, I I gotta be. I wish I wish I could tell you how I landed on that, but I I can't. I don't. I I maybe my stepdad. Uh, might have rented it one night and I saw it and that's how because I, I can't for the life of me imagine me going okay I want that movie that I've never seen that is so long that it would come in two tapes two like I mean you literally had to switch fucking tapes that's how long this movie was so okay so uh, okay so yeah so what I would do is is somehow I got so after you know, I mean I would so go there after school every single day and I would rent one of those three movies, either Weird Science, Breakfast Club, or Scarface. And then pretty soon it became like I would rent Scarface, I would return it, 
And then, like, the next day, I would just go back and get it. And when you're a kid, my son Miles is already like this. I can already see it. I'm very doubted into what he watches. And, like, and I, I want it to have that kind of value. I mean, he even gets, you know, he's only three years old. He already gets emotional when the credits come. I mean, he, he and I are the same person, man. Well, anyway. And, but think about that. I think about renting that movie that sets some sort of violence, profanity record for it, how many instances to a 10 year old and it was only 75 cents and and i think the reason why because it was like a mom and pop kind of joint and i think that the girl behind the counter was just like a teenager who would you know get out of school and went there after school to work and then i was there right after and and it, it you know it, it was literally like it never even it wasn't like i was like oh i wonder if they'll rent this to me I, it, it never occurred to me and then they never gave me, but and you didn't. But think about this: you're also renting any movie to a ten-year-old. You know, after Blockbuster, you had to have a fucking credit card, and you had, you know, it was just became this. You might as well try to try to rent a car. The, I miss that so much, and also it probably speaks to the area where we live. Maybe that wasn't going on in New York and California, but in Little Rock, Arkansas, if you were a nice kid and you had three quarters, you could get rent a movie, including Scarface. And so that was my routine. And I remember one day, I guess the dad or the owner just happened to be there. And we're like, wait, what are you doing renting a movie to a... T wait, not only a movie, but this fucking movie? Like, no way. And it kind of put a stop to it. And and But I, but what was so cool, though, was that the, the, the employee, I guess, maybe even a family member, was like, like, sir, like, dude, dad, whatever, like, this kid is our like best customer. He's a nice kid. He comes here literally every day after school and usually rents this movie. And I want to I want to say I remember that the guy relent, relenting and said, "Okay, go ahead, kid." But I, I can't I can't claim that. Anyway, so I was obsessed with this movie. So I tell you all that to tell you that when this character comes on the scene, that is doing literally verbatim the lines from Scarface. And he's driving around Miami in the in the leopard print convertible and all that. I'm I'm like, you know, I, I wasn't a, an adult. Oh, I guess I was at that point. I guess I'm now like I'm like, what was he in? And I guess I was. And and also he was also the last part of my wrestling years before I started wrestling, watching wrestling again, which is important for you to know to this story because I that's why I was unfamiliar with Diamond Dallas Page. So okay. So let's go back just for a second, okay? So <clears throat> this is like, I guess, like 90, let me see here. Yeah, it was, it was August of 92. So here's what you should know, that like pretty much after 1992, like WrestleMania 8, I was done. I was, I turned 18, you know, it was time to put, I was a man now and time to put boyish things away. And I didn't start watching wrestling again until WrestleMania came to Houston, and by by, by uh, <clears throat> excuse me for WrestleMania 17. So I yes, you're thinking to yourself, uh, bro, you missed the entire Attitude Era, and again, you're and you're right, I did, and I've never seen one second of WCW programming, even to this day, I still have never seen it. So anyway, uh, so this was kind of like the last, my last gasp, and this character comes on the scene. 
and who was again quoting and and again I wasn't thinking to myself going hey how are they doing this this is this is plagiarism you know they're gonna get sued and everything else but uh, you know I I just I was so taken I was just so taken that he was doing this. Uh, he made his first appearance in a dark match on Wrestling Challenge taping against Chris Hahn actually on May 18, 1992. Uh, later in his career, he claimed that he pitched the idea of the Scarface character in a meeting course with Vince McMahon, of course, with Pat Patterson. And he did, did it as a joke, you know, like, hey, I'm just going to do it. Obviously, everybody, this movie has been out for 10 years at this point. Everybody knows this film. And, but I guess not. I guess it really wasn't until like it became this kind of hip-hop thing where suddenly MTV Cribs he goes into these houses and you and every hip-hop person in the world has the Tony Montana Scarface poster. He says he quoted lines. Uh, you know, He did the whole Cuban accent, and he was like, hey, man, I got these ideas for these vignettes. And they're just sitting there dumbfounded going, dude, you're a fucking genius. Of course, we're doing this. And he can't believe it that he's just scammed them. Like, like... I guess that Vince and Pat Patterson lived in just such a bubble where all they thought, slept, and breathed was WWF that they they were such in a bubble they never even heard of this movie and were unfamiliar with it, which was you know to his uh, uh, benefit because they couldn't go oh, okay you know we're gonna get sued come back with something original they were heralding him as a, this this great uh, genius. And so anyway, so uh, he wanted to have something that, that was going to sound also sound Hispanic. So he went to Tito Santana and said, you know, you know, like like you know, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Clark Kent, you know, Peter Parker. You get it. He wanted an R to go with a razor, and Tito Santana was the one who recommended Ramon. Thus, Razor Ramon was born. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back with more with this our tribute uh, to Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. The WWE family is saddened by the passing of Scott Hall, the man who proved it's good to be the bad guy. Say hello to Razor Ramon. Scott Hall made an instant impact upon his WWE debut in 1992 as Razor Ramon. That character was the little spark that he needed to light the dynamite of everything he had. Take a look at me. I'm living the good life, man. Good food, good drink, good chicas. You just can't teach somebody to be cool. And Scott's always been cool. Maybe I could clear the table, huh? Is that what you would like, man? I could. He's the guy that made it cool to be the bad guy. Being the bad guy came with benefits. Razor would cement his legacy as one of WWE's greatest intercontinental champions with a thrilling victory in WWE's first ever ladder match at WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels. I got gold around my neck and my most precious gold around my waist. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Upon leaving WWE in 1996, Scott Hall would make his way to WCW, where alongside Kevin Nash and the immortal Hulk Hogan, he would revolutionize sports entertainment with the NWO. Going down there changed everything. Scott Hall was a pioneer. We are taking over. It just felt real. 
felt like you were getting something special. Hey, y'all, uh, are you here to see the... This was one of the best things that ever happened in the business. When you're NWO, you're NWO for life. The WWE family will forever remember Scott Hall as a gifted entertainer and two-time WWE Hall of Famer. Hey, yo. A loving father and a dear friend. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. As we get started here, I got to tell you about a couple of things, some new things on the horizon here. Let me tell you again about Texas Style Wrestling, TSW. They had their massive debut at the end of last year. It was a huge success. And I want you guys to join me on April the 1st, right here in Dallas, just a little bit north of Dallas and on Addison uh, at, at West Grove Drive. 4,600, they're the sports complex there starting at 7 p.m. on April the 1st. It is going to be one hell of a card. If you're in town for WrestleMania and you're out of town or if you're a local, uh, it's a it's going to be a big show, a great lineup. I can't wait. Got some surprises I can't quite share just yet, but uh, I'm so eager. So make sure you stay tuned to this uh, right here uh, each week as we get closer. And I'll be rolling out... Um, more and more surprises and until then also how you can stay up to date is with the tsw streaming app which is free and it's awesome um i have been wanting to have an app uh pretty soon for for this show of course you know, obviously you guys do it through the iHeartRadio app and where you get your podcast but i thought about maybe doing something else man whoever made this app they're hired because it's fantastic, and I've seen a lot of it's it's a great streaming platform. So if you can't make it on April the first, or if you just enjoy the product and you're not anywhere where our live events are, this is a great way to be able to enjoy it in such a professional professional way. Again, TSW Texas Style Wrestling. Make sure that you're also following them on Twitter. Come to the event, get involved, go to their website. Uh, it is the newest and most awesome thing happening in the in the industry, in Texas wrestling, in this in the whole wide world of professional wrestling. And I'm so excited to be to be involved with it. Again, I'm gonna be your man doing color commentary on April the first. Uh, right here, just north of Dallas and Addison at uh, 4600 West Grove Drive at the sports complex there. Get your tickets now. Don't miss it. Get the app. Get the merch. Get involved. Once again, TSW, Texas Style Wrestling. Hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockberger, the WWE sign guy. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so now we're back here. So again, I'm in Park City. I'm at this Royal Rumble watching party for 2015. And again, you can see pictures of this. Check us out on Twitter under TKR Wrestling. That's Tricky Kid Radio Wrestling. 
Uh, and you can see pics from it, of course, on our website at tricky-kid.com. Okay, so there I am, and you know, and I'm not a shy person. So it didn't take long, and there was probably, you know, and the Royal Rumble is also one of those things where you you want to watch with a crowd. You don't, I don't mind, I don't even mind really watching. Well, I mean, WrestleMania is kind of a Super Bowl groupy campfire watching style kind of deal, but I don't mind watching, you know, the monthly pay per views or Raw by myself. But the Rumble, man, that's something you want to do as a group. And golly, I w- it was probably there was fifty people with this thing, and and most of them were wrestlers. So I mean, I mean, does it get? It doesn't get any better than that. And there's Scott Hall sitting on the couch, and we're all under the learning tree. You know, he was so cool and. Uh, wickedly funny like hilariously funny and i wasn't trying to compete with his with his his hilariousness but it was like i simultaneously endeared myself to him but also that guy is the ultimate ball buster and i don't know what it is about me man but in my life it's like it goes it's about 50 50 i meet people and within seconds they are my best friend and they would take a bullet for me and we are like connected for life in every instance that that's happened there's at least another one where people immediately make up their mind about me and they don't like me i rub them the wrong way i don't know what it is i don't care i used to and where like already this nerdy white skinny guy you're either going to fall in love with me or you're going to want to fucking want to kick my ass that's kind of you know i mean but you know uh, love me or hate me it's still an obsession as lady sovereign says and anyway so but what's funny i think scott was a little was a little torn i think because on one hand he thought i was funny and he enjoyed me and i enjoyed him and we were really having a good time together on the other hand I think that there was a little bit of that, you know, and I think he also likes to just to bust on people uh, the entire time. I I did say something super dumb, and and, and what it was was that when you see them doing these things, sometimes where like they smash somebody through, through like like glass. Now, not back in the day, or anything involving that, what they actually use is is, is what is called sugar glass, and it's it's designed to dissolve and not hurt. Well, anyway, I always, so while we're watching this, he's not like telling you there's no such thing as Santa Claus. Like, oh, that's, 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 he's not being cynical at all. He's being like everything that you think you know about wrestling and, you know, you have the smart fans and the marks and all that kind of shit until you're sitting there watching the Royal Rumble with a Hall of Famer like Scott Hall. You don't know shit. Like, I mean, when you hear him talk about wrestling, someone who's done it and been it and been around it, you will look at it in a completely different way. So there also wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of talking because there was a whole lot of listening. And I'm glad. I'm glad I shut the fuck up. And and and. But one question that I did have is that I always, I guess they, they threw the guy into the, the, the steps. And I said something like, are those steps... Like actual, like, like what are they? What I meant to say was, was it what are they made out of? Because it's just like how the TV is made out of sugar. There's, you know, the the Geritron that they're smashing your face through isn't an actual television. It's just a plate of sugar glass. So that's what I was trying to ask. Like, 
you know, hey, I know those steps, are they not as, as they appear? You know, what are they made out of? And I said, are those, and I, but I think I said something like, are those steps sugar glass? Which, of course, there's no fucking way because the minute you step on it, it, it would fucking dissolve. And uh, it's just like one of those like where you just want to like, you know, I don't get embarrassed. I get even in front of Scott. I don't give a shit. So I could, I wish I could tell you I, I wanted to crawl into a hole and die. But it is one of those things where I kind of go, oh God, because I just go, I go, are those steps made of sugar glass? And he goes, bro, sugar glass, bro, the steps. Like, I, I mean, like he had been so patient with me and 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 everybody. And and then he just goes, I go, I go, and so my response was. Well, you know, not sugar glass, but you know what I mean, like something other than what it is. And I think I think he was done with me at that point. No. But we ended up having a great time. And so and he did something so super fun was that he made everybody put in 10 bucks, at least 30 people put in 10 bucks and draw a number. And if your wrestler was the the number, uh, then you won fucking $300. And so for, you know, a, a, a guy who was you know flew southwest there and was staying at the shitty hotel on the outside of skirt to town that would have come in handy when it became clear that i wasn't going to win i made a bunch of audible jokes that really uh you know that really brought the house down and so you know we, we had a, we had such a great time and you know and that was just the beginning of this entire week that i spent with them and i'll never ever ever forget that again, I don't. I didn't know Diamond Dallas Page, and and so I know that you know he has a film here about Jake and Scott. Well, there's Jake and Scott. Where's Dally? And that's when we realized. Well, I realized that, and but I didn't realize it until this is that I guess it was entry number whatever. Dallas was in the Rumble. He had snuck out to Philadelphia and flew out, and. uh Okay, Google, what number was Diamond Dallas Page in the 2015 Royal Rumble? 14. He was entry number 14. Diamond Dallas Page was the third surprise entrant at number 14 and executed the diamond cutter on various wrestlers before being eliminated by number 15 entrant U.S. champion Rusev. So Rusev came out and eliminated him. Okay. So anyway, so but when he came out, the entire that entire house went so crazy and it just bonded us you know it's like one of those things where if i never saw those, any of those people ever again we always have that and the, the cool thing is is i have seen them since and it did bond us um like the very first thing like we, we, it's just this understanding they had this uh lauren who was this who she goes by the name of fit dj like she was like kind of like djing in the uh in the kitchen area like i want to go get some food and cody is such a great cook the best food the best people it was just one of the greatest days of my entire life and as a wrestling fan i mean i've been to wrestlemania like 10 times i don't think it get any better than that and it was because how cool scott hall was how nice he was and funny and also fucking viciously ball busting Jake Roberts is also, I mean, I mean, you've seen him probably do his, his stand-up thing and, and all that, whatever. Just hilarious. And I met so many great people. Again, again, I was actually going to be at Sin and Carrot's wedding if I could have, could have been. So anyway, I just wanted to tell you that story 
not to make you envious, but just to tell you something that you may not know or, or didn't know or, or, or to as an addition to what you already do know. And so what happened that entire week was they had, uh, you know, they showed the movie several times and, you know, and I'll be the first to admit, I guess, you know, I just, I just, I get excited. I get inspired. I get excited. I swear to you, I'm not, let's get a picture. I never asked for an autograph. The autograph poster I had was, was a gift given to me by them. But I'll admit that I probably was trying way too hard, but only in the sense that since we had that experience, I'm the kind of guy who thinks, well, you know, I don't, I just, I don't get nervous around celebrities or, and I never have not because I'm cool. I just don't. So I just thought these guys are my friends now, you know what I mean? Cause I didn't, cause you know, I, it was lost on me how famous they were because again, you know, I only caught the end of Scott Hall's thing. I, I, you know, did not know. I knew him as Razor Ramon. And, uh, you know, obviously I knew Jake Roberts, but that was a long time ago. And I didn't have any idea who Diamond Dallas Page was. So, you know, so for me, I thought these were just these my new friends. And they and they were treating me that way as well. There's a guy named Curtis Giddings, and his brother uh, was kind of like the host of this show on E-Network. And we hung out a bunch. And there was a dinner, and I went to that. Um, this is with WWE Studios, and 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 I invited Curtis and his brother too. So so and then I told them about the premiere, and so so they came to that. But then I kind of got my feelings hurt because I kind of connected Curtis and his brother to, to to them, and they were like, "Well, we want to talk to to Curtis and his brother because they're like famous people, and like not you, not so much." And uh, and I remember that we went out to uh, we went out to dinner. Now and Steve Yu, who wrote and directed the film, uh, great, great dude, great dude. He really welcomed me, and I remember he even saying to them like, because it was kind of like like after like the premiere, you know, I sat with them, I hung out with them, I've been with them for like three days, and they were all going to go out to dinner. I just assumed I was, you know, and I and I shouldn't have, you know what I mean? Like I probably should have just let them do their thing. And, and again, I wasn't trying to be a groupie or a hanger on. I mean, you can contest that all you want. I, I you know, and I, and there's no reason why you wouldn't think that. And I would think the same thing, but I'm just telling you, I know in my heart, that's just how I tend to be. Maybe that's why I rub people the wrong way. I don't know. But, you know, they were like, you know, hey, we're all going out to dinner. And it was the, you know, the film crew and Steve, Scott, Jake, Dallas, Dallas's wife, then wife Brenda. Unfortunately, they, they broke up last year, and um, and everybody, you know, part of this thing. And I and I was like, cool, you know. And and we were we we all, you know, in, in uh, Curtis and his brother, and we all walked outside. And I remember, like, then we go to the restaurant, and we're walking over there, and like, I'm still hanging on there. And and I guess it was a little awkward, but I remember Steve just telling me, going, "Hey, I, I Roy's going to join us." Like, okay, cool. But what happened was, was that they, I guess they didn't have a big enough table for like all, whatever, 12 of us. So they broke it into two tables. So I ended up sitting with Steve and his film crew, which was great because they're a great bunch of guys. And then Scott and Jake and like, you know, I think they were like, hey, let, you know, let's get away from the mark. So, and I'm wondering, I always wondered if Steve was like, thanks a bunch, man. But, but you know, I mean, Steve lived lives with D- Dallas. It was like, he was like, man, you cost me my opportunity. Um, and then when, uh, but, but here's what I wanted to tell you was that, so anyway, so through that entire week, 
I got to know Dolly and and Brenda, and I, I I never got to talk to Jake really at all. He seemed really aloof, and and and, but Scott and I would just bust on each other and just had such a great time, and so much so that fast forward uh, a few months later, now back in Vegas, at what is called the Cauliflower Alley. Um, thing and if you guys don't know what that is i'm sure you probably do but if you don't look it up it's a thing that's by wrestlers for wrestlers fans are not allowed and it's just a night you know a couple days with the boys and then they'll have a couple wrestling exhibitions there and and they have it in this little tiny little shithole called the golden nugget casino and uh, uh dally was being um honored on both nights and he invited me when he didn't have to to come out there uh, and be a part of it. And I thought that was so cool and to cover it. And one thing between me and Dallas was that he and I really bonded over the movie It's a Wonderful Life. And he was like, and this is where I tell you where the podcast started. Not just this one, but like originally my, my original show Tricky Kid Radio had my interviews with wrestlers on it. It wasn't until iHeartRadio said, hey, let's break these apart and, and grandfather them in into its own show, which is what you're listening to right now, which is tricky, which is this is wrestling. Get it? So my very first episode ever was with Diamond Dallas Page, and it was poolside at the hard, even though it was over at, uh, they were having Cauliflower Alley over at Golden Nugget, I always stayed at the Hard Rock because that's where I, you know, I, I DJ twice a year. I even told Dallas, I go that you don't, you know, this is where you want. I mean, he, he doesn't need my record. Hey, I'm sure he knew where to fuck to stay in Vegas. But anyway, so he, so the, the whole crew was staying over at the Hard Rock, and that's where I was staying. And so he was like, "Come to the, you know, you know, come to Vegas, come to the Hard Rock. We'll, we, you know, he goes, you, you're a smart guy, you, you know, you know a lot about this. You're passionate about it. You need your own show." I will be your first guest, and you can get the ball rolling. And he didn't have to fucking do that. And and I thank you, Dally, every day so much for believing in me. And and because once he was on the show, that was it. That was the legitimacy that I needed. And from then on, you know, people were like, "Well, who's been on your show?" I was like, "Well, Diamond Dallas Page. Great, let's do it." And so I'm uh, I'm, I'm very 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 thankful for that. I tell you that, though, too, because it was one of the last times that I saw Scott Hall. And God, boy, did he, he actually pissed me off this day. But, and that was the story I wanted to tell. I thought you would enjoy. So I get there and Brenda calls me. It was Dallas's wife at the time calls me. And I go down to, it's a gorgeous day. And we're going poolside. And, uh, and, but Dallas and I were going to, Dallas was giving one of his DDP yoga, um, lectures, lessons, sessions, whatever, right right there um, uh, by, by the pool. So after he got done, it was our time to do it. And he goes, hey, why don't we go up? They had several pool levels there. Have you ever been to the Hard Rock? There's Scott Hall out on the, you know, right there by the pool, in the lawn chair, uh, you know, laying out, getting his tan. He looked like Razor Ramon, you know, out in Miami and the whole bit, like, you know. This town is just one big, you know what, waiting to get beat. Okay. All right. So anyway, so, um, and again, this is the part where I probably, you know, again, I think these guys are my friends, you know, you know, you know, uh, they probably wanted me to get there. Hi, I'm here to do the interview. Let's do the interview. And then as soon as I do the interview, you know, now go fuck off. Okay. And we'll see you at the ceremony later. Instead, you know, 
there's these gorgeous women. Here's Razor Ramon. There's Diamond. You know, I was, you know, I wasn't trying to hang out, but it was just, I don't know. I don't know why I, I didn't treat it as a, as the formality that it should. But Brenda was so nice to me and so cool. It didn't really matter. But I kind of got the hint after a little, you know, you know, enough where I didn't totally overstay my welcome. And boy, Scott Hall made sure I didn't. So we're sitting there and we're in this, you know, one of those beautiful cabanas and and everything else. And I and I was leaning back and I guess I kind of like lost my balance. And uh, and I was trying to like extend my hands to regain it. And Scott Hall sitting right next to me and he's like sticking his hands out, like mimicking me and making fun of me. And uh, and he's like, what are you doing here, motherfucker? Like, you know, you know, and I said, well, I said, well, I said, I'll ask you the same thing. And I go, so what are we doing today, man? I said, we're we pushing people in, in, into the pool. He goes, yeah, starting with you. And he like fucking <laughs> grabs me. And uh, anyway, whatever. I don't know. He, but he he's, he was a little vicious that day. I'll say that. Uh, you know, I didn't leave there going, man, what a good time. I, I, I was kind of going, I, I don't know if this guy, if we're still buddies. And then that night, uh, both nights at the ceremony, he was uh, not in... Not totally friendly, I should say this, but I was so honored that Di that Dallas had invited me, and I got to you know to sit at his table and be there, and I photographed the whole thing. What's fucked up though about that whole cauliflower alley thing is that again, it's such a tight knit thing. I don't remember this guy's name, and I would love, I would, I would, I would call his ass out by name, but there's like the main photographer guy there who has his nose up everybody's ass, and he's like the authority, and he's. Got his stuff in all the Japanese magazines. I think it was Mike something or another. I remember that. And he was trying to fucking bully me. I was thinking, he goes, hey, kid, sit the fuck down. Go in the back, you know. And I was like, who the fuck? And, and I was like, God, who who is who is he talking to? And I didn't realize he was talking to me. Hey. And I was like, and then the next day I confronted him. I was like, what the fuck was that? I was like, I'll shove this camera up your fucking ass, man. And, uh. I also should, should should say this too. I grew up watching Mid South, like I said at the beginning, with Jake the Snake Roberts, and Jim Ross at the time was the announcer. And I know he's gone on to be like you know the best basically ever to do it, and I love his work. But I didn't realize what an egomaniac fucking asshole he is. And uh, and so I got to see a little bit of that too. I remember I went to the bathroom, and 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 I there was no one in the bathroom. As I was I'm leaving the bathroom, Jr. is coming in. And I just, you know, just politely said, oh, hey, JR. And he stopped like, hey, like, I don't know you, but you know me. So, like, why aren't you asking me for an autograph or a picture or, or just something which he would have, of course, gotten mad at because it's supposed to be only for the boys. It was just this moment of like, like, how dare you talk to me as we're peers? And, oh, my God, it only got worse. Like, that, he was... I hate to say this because, again, I love his work and when you think of wrestling, but I had no idea. This guy, he has the biggest, there has never been a more of a prima donna. It's, it's kind of hard to believe that, right? Like when you think about it, like who would be the biggest prima donna in wrestling? It wasn't Razor Ramon. It was fucking Jim Ross. And I've hung out with Stone Cold, and he was the coolest guy in the world who was great friends with Jim Ross. So I don't know. I don't, I'm thinking, well, how does fucking Steve stand that guy? Anyway, I digress. So anyway, it, so it was just such a crazy whirlwind uh, ride. And that was one of the last times. I saw Scott a couple more times after that. Whenever they, they toured the the movie, and it came to, to, to Dallas, 
Steve in Dallas, uh, I actually, you know what? I surprised them. It, it, I was with my, my then girlfriend, and they were showing it twice. Like they showed it, and it was intermission, and then they were going to show it again. I guess they were talking in between, and they were waiting for the movie to be over. And we were about to go in, or waiting for the movie to be in as well. And I see Steve and Dally, and I said, Dallas. And he turned around, and it was like they came all the way across the theater uh, lobby to talk to us. And was like, it was like, were you already in there? And I was like, no, I'm about to go in. They were like, well, cool. We'll, we'll come on and come up front and, you know, and, and the whole bit. So, you know, it was just, and then I remember uh, um, Sin Bodhi, I mentioned, also had his freak show wrestling out in Los Angeles. And Steve was there shooting. And so it was like every time I would see these people, uh, they were always so kind and, and welcome to me. Um, and at times also Scott Hall. <laughs> So uh, I was there when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. I think I think that was probably the last time, one of the last significant conversations that we had. But I just wanted to say rest in peace uh, to Scott Hall. I know it came at such a, a surprise. He's only 63 years old. I know he had his, his demons and he had his history and his ups and downs. And thanks to Dallas, he was able to get a second life. And and But one thing that people should know about him is that the reason why so many people are so affected by this, not only because they were influenced and they remember growing up watching him, was that he really did have one of the best minds ever. And whenever you were around him, you could just feel his intelligence. Like, I mean, here was somebody that just born to do this. He had the mind for it. He had the vision for it. And that was why he was successful. He also had the confidence and the, and the, you know, the self-confidence. And I remember him saying, he was like, you know, I, I didn't have to be humble anymore. I had worked hard and I'd, I'd gotten to where I wanted to go. And he got that character over and worked it. And, uh, and again, like I said, whenever you're around him, it's that deep voice. He was just so smart. And I know there's stories out there of him being a complete fucking asshole when he was with the clique and Shawn Michaels and, and all that. And, and I would, I would commiserate with those people too. I'd be like, I, I'm sure there was a time where it was probably miserable to be around Scott Hall, or he was probably a bully. Even Jake, he was kind of doing whenever, whenever Dallas is trying to rehabilitate, uh, Jake, and then he also moves Scott Hall into the house. If you've seen the movie, even Jake was like, dude, fucking let it me let get off my ass, man. Like you're. And so I get all that. But I, I, I also think that like that, I think that for him, when you have that kind of intelligence and you have that have had the career that he's had and things like that. I think it just it just became part of his personality. Neither you adapt to it or you don't, you know? And I can see why that would be difficult, but I also have no trouble understanding why he was so loved. Uh and we're gonna miss him, man. Long the click forever, baby. Uh long live uh Scott Hall forever. I'm I'm grateful for the time uh that we had together and in those moments and uh, again, I'll, you know, I know it sounds so cliche, but I'll, I will never forget him and, and them and 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 that whole thing really just informed and, and changed the way I thought and felt about it all. And again, it led to me still doing this podcast now, seven years and running. So cheers uh, to Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, rest in peace. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Ring the bell. 
That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio, created and directed by Roy Turner, edited and mastered by Marcus Miller, theme music by The Buck Pets, original score by Jocelyn Hunt, artwork by Antora Sandy, marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.